It's August 27th, 2021, and you're listening to the Architecture Geeks podcast. I'm Larry. And I'm Matthew. And we're your friendly neighborhood architects being geeky as we want to be. Well, hello again, everyone. I know we kept saying, or we keep saying that, that this is the last jobs podcast, and then we turn out we do another jobs podcast, but we swear, we swear until we do the next one that this is the last jobs podcast. I, I think we have, feels like we've run out of, of potential job topics, but I, I suspect over the course of, you know, however long we do this, that that will come up once or twice, but thanks for sticking with us and kind of barreling through these, but Matthew changed jobs recently. So we thought, this might be a good opportunity to talk about that and talk about really what it means. You know, when we talk about changing jobs, what does that really mean? And really digging into the the pros and cons because you know you've seen people, or I, I've I've talked with people who you know they they hop between jobs every eighteen months or so, and and you know trying to find what what fits best for them, and and you start and you at least I was starting to wonder, well, like. From a career perspective, what does that do for you? What what are the the pros and cons that, uh, that 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 type of job hopping or or even just staying at one job for thirty years? Which I don't know anybody who's really done that. That's a rare crowd. So today we'll explore the pros and cons of switching jobs on a regular basis or maybe not so regular basis. So I've. I'll start us off with uh, the the pros list because I, I feel like switching jobs when you're younger is a is a, a fairly common thing, and and switching jobs seems to be more of a younger person's game anyway these days. So, <laughs> but the so the first thing that I can think of when especially when you're first out of school is that maybe you don't know what type of architecture you'd like to do, so you jump around to try out different project types. Not everyone comes out of school with a sense of what architecture they want to pursue. And moving around can give you the chance to try out you know, schools, or hospitals, single family residential, commercial, and, and any other kind that you may want to go look at. You can even experience multiple types within one firm. Larger firms tend to have multiple studios that you can rotate through. Or, you know, you may find yourself at a smaller practice that really focuses on one type and you may decide after a year that that's really not the fit for you. So I guess the first the first pro is you get to try out different project types to see what you really like. Very few people come out of school and know what they really want to focus on, what their interest is. I know I, I went in, you know, I got interested in architecture because I liked houses and that was a thing for me. So very much coming out of it, knowing that was something I was interested in doing. But I don't know that people ever during school actually think, oh, I want to work on hospitals or, oh, I want to work on office buildings or, oh, I want to do schools. I, I don't know that, that a lot of people come out of school with that thing. So I think, I think very true that by moving around a bit, you can, you can try out different project types, but Part of me also says you haven't stayed there long enough to maybe really try it out. You maybe you've worked on one project a little bit, or maybe you've worked on a couple of smaller projects, but you never really get a sense of, of what the project really entails. Because some of these projects, I mean, like school projects can take a year and a half or two years. University projects take a long time. 
the question is, are you staying long enough to really understand what it is you're working on and really, really get a grasp of what it is you want to do? And it may be, it may be that you can do that really quickly, but you know, you sort of have to weigh that as you're going through that. So, so that's, so that's your first con then don't stay, you don't stay in one place long enough to really hone your skills. Uh, I don't think it's about honing skills. I think it's about really understanding what it is you're working on because you know, like I said, some of these projects are very, very specific as far as the the what's happening within the hospital project. I mean, hospital projects are enormous, and there's so many different components. And how do you know that this isn't something you're really interested in if you're not there long enough to kind of work your way through some of that? That's that's kind of a hard that's a hard guess. And and of of course that's. That's, I'm talking. I'm talking from someone who's been working for 24 years. So it's been a long time since I've I've been you know fresh out of school and trying to figure things out. But the other great thing about about changing jobs, maybe a little more often, is just this aspect of trying to you get to. Every firm has its own culture. By moving around a little bit, you get to experience the different the different ways firms operate because no two firms are the same. I mean, you're going to see similar. <clears throat> You're going to see similarities, but every office culture is different. You know, the smaller firms tend to be the sort of hands-on, and you are in everybody's business whether you want to be or not. And the smaller the firm, the more in, uh, in people's business you are. So, <laughs> yeah, you kind of kind of get that really intense connection with people versus being in a 300-person firm where you can kind of end up compartmentalized. One of the guys I used to work with went for went from the medium-sized firm I was at to a 300 plus person firm. And his comment to me was, well, I never know who I'm peeing next to at the urinal because there's so many people here. So it was a, a very different experience from him. In firm culture now, I think there's, there's, some, there's some question about, you know, you're coming out of school and are you look, what are you looking for when you're looking for a firm? Are you looking for something that's more diverse? Are you looking for a firm that's maybe more involved in their community, maybe works on pro bono cases? And those are all questions to ask them, you know, as you're, as you're sitting down and doing your interview is to really be prepared to ask some of those questions if it's important to you to be able to ask. So by going around to different firms, you have that chance to try out the different cultures and hopefully find the right fit for you. Because, yes, it's nice to have a job, but if you don't feel like you belong as part of that firm, it's it's not going to be beneficial. I can... I, I can kind of relate to that. Uh, in my in my first office, it was a you're at your desk at seven thirty and you leave at six, but you had a half day Friday. But the vast majority of the time, the 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 office culture was, at least for my team, was staying all the way through Friday, <laughs> even even though we had been there Monday through Thursday, fairly long hours. So. And then, and then when I switched, you know, the, it was a very laid back culture. They had Friday lunches where we'd go walk through Deep Elm and, and, and find some random new place to eat or something like that. And culture can be very important to that. But if you don't fit in and you just decide that this isn't the right job and you do decide to hop to another office, oh, another con from switching jobs too often it could be that you you may develop a reputation for job hopping. It may make it harder to find jobs the, the more you hop. And as 
just just from an employer's perspective, if they get resumes and the the first candidate on the list has spent you know no more than eighteen months at a particular job, they're going to wonder, you know, why is it that you switch every year and a half and have been doing so for the last six years? From an employer's perspective, that raises a few red flags, and they might not really want to interview you. And and firms tend to look at hiring people more for the for, more for the long haul. And there would be no incentive to hire someone who, in a year and a half, may decide to look elsewhere. And on the flip side of that, it's not to say that firms necessarily expect you to be there for ten or twenty years, but that they, they, they would like some form of commitment to, or they would like to see some form of commitment in your resume that says i'm willing to invest the time and energy if the if if the work is if the work and the culture and the fit is right for everybody yeah and i th- i think that's true i think it's it is you know there's this is this goes back to the i i i understand you know, just from an employer perspective, I, I certainly understand this idea that you want to find the right fit for you. You want to find the firm culture that, that works for you. But if I'm looking at your resume and I, I, part of me would have to wonder, just like, you know, you can say, well, the firm just didn't fit me as an excuse for job number one and maybe job number two. But after a while, you've got to wonder, okay, is it the firm culture or is it the person going to the firm? So you have to kind of weigh that. And, and I think it's, it's, I think, yeah, I think it has a potential to give people a lot of pause. So you can talk about firm culture and talk about what's important to you, but are you, again, it's, are you there long enough to really understand what that means and to really find your place in that culture? Um, and, and, and don't get me wrong. I know that there are firms out there where like, we're like in the first six months, you know, you know, I don't belong here. Or sometimes in the first month, you just realize this is not the job for me, or this is not the place for me. And certainly, I would start looking and, and find a place to go to that, that might be a better fit. But you do, I think it does help to to be there a little bit longer just to maybe understand what's going on and and find out maybe it really is a good fit for you. The other part about changing jobs so often, I think one of the other pros is just the experience of going to other firms, you know, or not going to other firms, but um, the experience of different size firms, because, and, and this ties back to culture a little bit, because, you know, the bigger firms have a different culture, certainly than the smaller firms, but the potential for changing jobs every few years may give you that opportunity to find out, do I fit in a big firm? Do I fit better in a small firm? How, how is my work developing? Are my relationships with my coworkers and clients are they better if I'm at a smaller practice? Is that more my more who I am? So there, so there's that advantage too of of just being able to try try on different firm sizes and see what those cultures are really like, and seeing how you sort of develop into that. Well, and it's not just it's not just firm culture that differs between big big firms; it's, it's practices as well. Uh, from personal experience, the smaller firms tend to be a little bit more fly by the seat of your pants and not in a bad way, just in a, the airplane's flying and we're going to refuel and, 
and repair the plane while it is flying. So in, in that, whereas a bigger firm, you know, it's got enough size and, and, and heft in the industry that if they want to change things, it's not, it's not as difficult to have, have a team bow out in in, a, in the similar respect to you can remove a co-pilot from, they could remove the co-pilot from their plane and, and still have enough staff and, and, momentum to keep the plane flying even with those missing pieces so you might be able they might be able to lay off an entire team and just keep on ticking well and i and i've seen them do that i've seen some of the bigger firms do that the project comes to an end and they just decide that well we don't need that project team anymore goodbye thank you for working for us you're done and i think you're right it's it becomes very much that sense of and and i and i speak from having worked for a smaller firm i mean Technically, I guess mid-size or maybe 12 to 15 people, but it was. It was very hands-on. I mean, we're talking, you did everything. You were, and it was a little bit sometimes fly by the seat of your pants, but yeah, you have to do everything. So there is that that sense of, I am an important piece of this, and I need to be performing well, and I need to be doing well, because it's important for me to to do that it's important for me to keep the plane flying and i think i think that ties into a little bit the the other pro kind of a pro and con here about about changing jobs you know this idea that if you're changing jobs a little more often you have that possibility to get different learning opportunities and get different different experiences in that sense um i think obviously firms firms approach professional development differently i think by switching jobs a little bit you do have that opportunity that you're not necessarily pigeonholed into one role into one role and you get a chance to try out different things and so there's a potential for really for you to learn a little more small firms you're going to learn a lot really fast bigger firms you might get a little more development of what you're learning so you're 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 focused on one thing perhaps a little bit longer so you know, to go from different firms and see how they approach that and see how they learn. I think there is a potential potential benefit there at the same time. And again, this is one. So on on my end, uh, because I personally don't care for change all that much. But <laughs> one another con for switching jobs on a frequent basis is you don't really get to establish professional or personal connections in the offices that you go to. Other architects can really help you move through your career. If nothing else, having a mentor will help. But how do you find one if you're not there long enough to develop that relationship? And and not to mention the the personal relationships. Building those work relationships can really open the possibility of opening up a new circle of friends or helping build out your professional network in in such a way that if you do end up having to switch jobs because either you were fired or uh, you know the the larger firm didn't need you so they cut you out, <laughs> you have the ability to fall back on some of those connections who might have friends or other contacts that may be able to help you with a, a new job. Definitely. I, I think that's one of the one of the critical things about about staying with the firm and, and being there a little bit longer is you know, we we've said this before that the architecture community is incredibly small for being so large. 
And there's a potential for, if you've built those connections, if you've built those relationships, when something happens and you need help, you have those people to fall back on. And how do you do that if you aren't there long enough to, to really meet anyone or really to connect with anyone? I, you know, I think I think back to when Laura's husband was laid off in 2009. I mean, he he was laid off, and the word got out. And I think in a week he had a a contract job that lasted about six weeks, and then he had a full time job. I mean, it didn't take. He wasn't he wasn't out of work for a week, and that was the extent of of his unemployment because he had built this network of people and he built a reputation with them and, and had spent time with them. And so when the time came, it was, it was nice. You were able, they were able to really not have the interruption that a lot of people did during the, during the, um, I'll say during the repression. Wow. During the recession. Oh, wow. You can tell it's been a long day. Can't you? And speaking of repressing things, we'd all like to repress the pandemic, but COVID has, at least in my mind, made me more aware of how difficult it is to meet new people. And if you don't have an already established network of connections that you can fall back on, if if times get hard and like during a pandemic and, and everybody's just trying to hold on by the seat of their pants, it, it can become a nice support network if you're if you're feeling isolated and at home all by yourself with while the entire firm shuts down or you know it, it can help you find a job in a time where you know there, there's a lot of people looking for work and, and and so you may be able to hook up with something that is a good fit for you definitely one of those things i i think very true and especially because a lot of firms went to at home work. I mean, I, I don't know of very many firms that actually were in the office for at least the first maybe five or six months of the pandemic. And even then when they started working back again, it was it was, you know, it was very spotty. You know, they weren't they weren't having everyone come into the office at the same time. So so yeah, if you've been moving around a lot and you haven't sort of created those connections and suddenly here we are in the middle of a pandemic and you're sequestered at home. So how do you how do you stay connected to people? You know, I, I think there is a challenge there. I think you're right. It's, it's yes. <laughs> Speaking of repressing things, I think we're going to be all trying to do that for a while with this, but yeah, I, I think, I think there's something to be said for that. Definitely. You know, the other thing that, that I think bothers me a little bit, I think about the whole hopping jobs or moving, moving jobs often. And I, and I think I, I, I understand this aspect of, you're just out of school and you're still trying to find your way. And so where do I fit and what do I do and all that sort of stuff? I, I think the the downside is that you potentially sabotage a little bit of your own professional development, that the opportunity to have these firms sort of nurture you and help you, you know, help you with your exams and help you to study so that you can get your license because for them, that's important. Um, or just the fact that you know they, they'll pay for your if you pass your exams, some of these firms will pay for your exams, they'll pay for your license, they'll pay for your AIA membership. It just depends, and you don't have that necessarily have that opportunity because again, if I, if I'm an employer and I'm looking at your resume and I'm thinking I'm going to hire you and in a year and a half you're going to be gone, how much time and energy do I really want to invest in that? So there is that potential to sabotage that, and and. And professional development is important. It's something that you you will have to do for the rest of your life. I mean, as long as you're a, a licensed architect, you are going to continue to do this professional development. 
and that's just the way things are. So yeah, it's it's I think I think the job hopping really puts that in can really put that in jeopardy. Yeah. So I think we've kind of gone through I think we've kind of hit all of our pros and cons here. You on the on the pro side of things, you get to try out all different kinds of project types. You might be able to experience new firm cultures. You get to definitely experience different firm sizes, especially if you want to get as much or as broad of an experience as possible. And there and speaking of broad experiences, you you get exposure to a, a wider variety of learning opportunities. But on the flip side, of course, you if you don't stay in one place long enough, do you really hone your skills? Do you really learn anything? On top of which, you're potentially developing this reputation for job hopping that that business owners are going to look at your resume and think you're you don't seem very stable necessarily. Then then of course, what we're talking about about the professional relationships that professional and personal relationships, there's a potential to not develop those the way that would be beneficial for you. And at the same time, you're also cutting short your professional development from the aspect of just the employers not wanting to invest in you. I will say that I think Matthew and I come from two very different perspectives here because obviously we're not 20 years apart, basically. And and I, I come from a, a background, I guess, for lack of a better word, of you know, my father spent 40 years with one company because that's what you did. You you got hired on and you stayed there. And he worked there for 40 years, I think 40 plus, and retired. And that's just how it works. And so when I started working, that was my mindset, that you tended to stay, you found a job and you stayed there and you worked. And it took me eight years to leave the first firm. And I know, Matthew, you come from a much different mindset, I think. And James and I were talking about millennials and millennials maybe well the 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 old contract of the you stay at one office for your entire life and you know you put in the good work and then they treat and they treat you well and and help you out through you know retirement at the end of your life i feel like too many people have gotten burned in that regard because the employer doesn't hold up their end or the employee. It's easy to point fingers one way or the other, but that kind of social contract has kind of gone by the wayside uh, so much so that, you know, my first job, I had a weekend folder. I don't, (laughs) you you don't go to a job every day expecting there to be a weekend folder for you to do when you show up Saturday morning. So it makes you a lot less likely to stick around for any length of time to say, oh, yay, I get to come in on the weekends now. (laughs) Well, it's it's that idea that millennials are less likely to take that sort of, I won't say take that crap, but I don't know how else to put it, that, that. they are looking for more out of a job than just having a job. So if it's not suiting them, then they, they will want to leave. And, and James and I were talking about this because they, you know, his, his, his notion is that there are, are people out there who are perfectly willing to work contract. You know, don't hire me as a full-time employee. I can give you 20 hours a week or 25 hours a week. Here's what my fee is. Pay me that. I'll pay the taxes and we're all good to go. And so it is becoming sort of that notion of a gig economy, which another architect I work with, that's how he runs his business. It's basically all contract employees. So I, I think that's just, it's just a different mindset. And, and, but, but at some point you have to 
get to a place, I think, where you are settled, where you're going to spend four or five or 10 years because you've spent enough time hopping around that you found the right place and you found the right firm and you found the right job. And these are the types of projects I want to work on. And all that sort of settles down and you end up staying there for a longer period. But I, I don't know, maybe, maybe millennials, the millennial generation won't really see it that way. I, I, I don't know. Or maybe they'll get older and realize, okay, we have to do something. But, <laughs> but yeah, we, you and I are, are very much different mindset, I believe. Although I know you don't like change, but that's just, I think. I was going to say. I think that's being yeah. guy. <laughs> <laughs> working looking for a job is a full-time job in and of itself if you're doing it correctly so so for me like that's a that's a bunch of energy and time that you're just putting towards you know looking for something better and you're just like that i i i just i don't have i don't have the bandwidth for that anymore <laughs> i've got i've got there's too much else to do in life <laughs> yeah oh definitely Absolutely. Absolutely. I can see that. But yeah, I don't, I don't know if, if I actually had to look for a job, how that experience would go at this point in my career. I'm like, ugh, that's really, really exhausting. But but anyway, um, so for those of you out there who, who might be listening and thinking about hopping around a little bit, be cautious, be careful, think about the pros and cons of it. Does it look good on your resume? And is it going to be beneficial to you? So in the meantime, we, as we said, we'll, we'll let this be the last jobs podcast, at least for a little bit until we can come up with something else. And then we'll, we'll I'm sure, dive right back into it. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with me, you know how to, most of you know how to find me, um, Larry at Spotted Dog Arch, either on, um, or not Larry at Spotted Dog Arch, but at Spotted Dog Arch on Twitter and Instagram, or just my email, Larry at Spotted Dog Architecture.com. If you want to get in touch with Matthew, you can find the show at Arch Geeks Podcast on Instagram and our website at architecturegeeks.com. Ta da! So there we are, folks. Thanks again for listening. We hope you are all doing well and not just melting this summer. Next time we'll be back in, in a couple of weeks, and hopefully by then things will have cooled off and we can move on to some. Um, I think we're going to start getting into some holiday topics here before too long. So hang around for that and we will talk to you later. Bye. Bye.